0: and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now wherever you get your podcasts.
1: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care.
0: Hello, everybody. Uh, Jeremy here. And uh, this week on Turn Me On podcast, Brady and I had the pleasure of speaking with Kenneth Play. Um, Kenneth has been called the world's greatest sex hacker by GQ and Men's Health, uh, Vice, um, and he's got these technical videos, and they have millions of views, and they are uh, they're very realistic. Um, and I highly suggest you go check them out. Um, Brady and I spoke to Kenneth about his, uh, you know, his sexual journey from adolescence to manhood, uh, his experience in leading group squirting classes and, uh, and of course the science that keeps him going. So, uh, highly suggest you listen to this episode because it is absolutely fascinating and, uh, we really enjoyed, uh, picking Kenneth's brain about all the very, very fun activities that he gets to partake in on a daily basis. I uh, hope you enjoy the episode and we will see you on the other side. Well, this is going to be really interesting because I'll tell you one thing, bride, there's nothing I love more in the world than like a really good life hack. mm <laughs> And uh, recently, <laughs> like through Sick Boy, I've been I've been getting like interested in biohacking as well. OK, yeah. I've always also had a little bit of like a, an interest in like Internet hackers. Right. Yeah. Uh, but today we're talking to Kenneth Play, who's been <laughs> described as the world's greatest sex hacker. And I don't know what that means.
4: I don't know. But- <laughs> I think Kenneth just kind of like half rolled his eyes. And I don't know. I would love to know how you feel about that. <laughs> that that title.
0: Yeah, sex hacker. I mean, is that do you, do you self identify as a sex hacker? And if so, what the fuck does that
4: mean?
5: <laughs> I mean, absolutely. I I think I was such a like insecure, shy kid. So anytime people like read my bio, I'm still <laughs> have that like relationship with it. But sex hacking, what it means to me is that sex hacking been with us for a long time. Like, throughout human history, like Kama Sutra, you could look up as a sex hack that's developed in India. And like Shabari art in Japan to the Victorian era when they invented the vibrator, all those are. Ex- I mean, especially the vibrator probably given more orgasm to more more uh, women, female female uh, body people than any other sex hack that we have learned. So, and then we have also new from um, techniques to uh, to uh, tantra when you are getting yourself into a meditative state or. The invention of Viagra and Cialis and all their different sex hacks that allows people to have a more pleasurable, uh, satisfying, fulfilling sex life. So I just became sort of a collector of all the best sex hacks that we have learned so far, and also inventing some on my own. And coming from the fitness background, there's so many different fitness protocol that could help people get stronger, jump higher, uh, run longer distance. And we don't apply the same mentality when it comes to sex. So, Mm. if just say you want to have a stronger orgasm, how do you do it? Do you you want to last longer? How do you do it? Do you want to learn how to have multiple orgasms? What is the most effective way that you could do it? But based on science and also ancient wisdom, and practitioner could tell you a lot because there's a lot of things that we know but haven't been studied. So it's Mm. just fascinating world.
4: Did you set out to collect these techniques? How how did you go from being a shy, yeah. insecure teenager to being dubbed the sex hacker?
5: I think it, the first thing is I was a very sexual kid. Like, sexuality has always been very important to me and also really shy and awkward at the same time. So I struggle with this part of my life forever. Mm-hmm. And I thought if I... Get, a, get the six 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 if I get a six pack and a six figure income um, and that's all it matter it, it turns out that no matter what you achieve externally it does not like that does not transfer to your sexual self-esteem. So when I found this whole sex positive sex party community and my community hacienda it totally transformed my life and when I was a personal trainer I have 15 years of fitness background there is a method to study like exercise science. So I realized that we just don't do it as much when it comes to sexuality. Mm. So it was really interesting to go back and read all the sex research paper on pleasure to sort of the ancient practices like bodybuilders today, look at how bodybuilder in the 70s trains, right? So there's, mm. there's wisdom that gets passed on over time. And some are studied, some are not, some are continue, the lineage continues and people still practice it. But I think what a similar goal is to to have a more pleasurable sexual experience and enhance their sex life. Just like Kingster have great ways on negotiating consent and what like more uh, high risk sex act. But they have a protocol. And I think Mm -hmm. common people really use how to negotiate sex and and because they have developed this protocol. So I, I like spreading what is already is already out there and also to continue to evolve it.
1: Mm.
4: So it sounds like you use some of your fitness training, personal training, like skill set and like know how and understanding on how, you know, we we finesse these routines or we've learned that there's very specific ways that we can achieve these goals that we want. And is it directly like what are the what are the transferable skills in terms of what you've developed and where you've come from in the in the fitness background if that makes sense
5: yeah in in the fitness industry right like imagine you're a personal trainer and you tell your client all the time everybody is different like Mm -hmm. and then you're like well but you're training me so Mm -hmm. how do you go to figure me out so when it comes to sex it's the same problem we always tell people like everybody is different but that is not useful in their context of like communicate, communicate, communicate. And like you would just know what the difference are. So there should be a system. That's why creating the sex hacking method, because it needs a system to kind of figure out what each individual people will uh, likely to respond to. Also, there is sort of like where the starting point is. So if you just say, if you're someone who hardly ever an orgasm and you can do it reliably by yourself, it's very different than someone who has, could have orgasm really reliably solo, but have a mm. difficult time having, doing it in partner sex. Yeah. So, so the fitness model allows me to go like in a continuum, like wherever they're at and what is the next progression. you know, how to improve that. And also not every everybody on the planet want to be a sexual Olympian, you know? They Mm -hmm. just want their sex life to be slightly better, Mm -hmm. whatever the case may be. So I'm more into the next jump, but you have to have, I think it's more useful to tell people who doesn't know like what they want and how they like it, but you go like, okay, based on data, this is the most popular one. Let's start with the lowest hanging fruit Mm -hmm. and work on a process of elimination. But it's also i compare to cooking eggs like there's a million ways to like fuck up an egg right and make it really dry and disgusting but there's a couple of different recipes that is super popular you have your sunny side up you have your like perfect ramen egg at six minutes (laughs) yeah there's a difference between six minutes and seven minutes you know like a real difference so you so sometimes those micro adjustments make such a huge Mm. uh a huge uh, impact on the experience. Like imagine someone trying to lick your clit and they just off by two millimeter is off and it doesn't yeah. work. But if you just it <laughs> that tiny bit, it will do it. So, so I just, I just, I'm just so passionate about that.
4: Okay. I got to know, do you have a question you're dying to ask?
0: I mean, yeah, but I mean, please you, go. No, you go. Well, I'm gonna well, I, I mean, I was going to ask like, at what point did you transition to this full time? In your life, like, have you always, like, has this always been your your career, or like, what was Kenneth play before Kenneth play started, like, truly diving in full time to like hacking, you know, our sexual lives?
5: Well, I'm probably the world most unlikely sex educator, and I'm also like full on explicit demoing on like on Pornhub and and make video courses. And I grew up with such sexual insecurity about my penis size. I like, you know, when you move from Hong Kong to the U.S., you're like 11 watching American porn. And all you see is basically people with monster penises fucking and that's mm-hmm. sex. So I always thought I was never going to be enough having my like every, every sized penis. So. I I was so shy that I remember even if, if girls wanted like like reach for my pants in 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 my teens I would like reject my I would reject myself before they even get the opportunity to because I was so afraid. Mm. So in my late twenties I didn't want to live like this anymore and somehow one uh, on a date uh, a Match.com date I met a girlfriend at that time who brought me to the sex party community. And that totally transformed my life. Seeing uh, a community where people could celebrate sex is not only this porn version of sex, or people's private lives, or bragging. And then uh, the story, how I became a, a sex hacker or a sex educator. I always been a nerd. Like, I want to figure out how to how mm. do you get a six pack and have muscle. Like, it's a very difficult thing. <laughs> You know, there's more people, there's more millionaires than people with six packs. I'm not saying six packs is like the the goal to achieve. I'm just saying it's difficult, Mm -hmm. right? So I'm always fascinated in how people achieve those things. And I developed this fitness hacking or biohacking to fitness. And when I look, when I want to learn everything I could learn about sex, I realized the resources were terrible when I started. It, It gotten so much better now, but I wanted to figure this out. So I just went on this crazy quest on becoming, how do I adapt a growth mindset to sex? Because the limitation before was like, if I don't have a point-star car, my, my sex life is shit. Mm. So now I go like, I have this growth mindset when it comes to sex, and I realize it's, it's not about having a six plus inch penis, right, the, not bigger, equal more pleasure, but I think many people will will trade six orgasm over a bigger, a bigger penis. So mm. it's about mm-hmm. satisfaction and pleasure, and then i went down this rabbit hole of getting really good and the first thing I, I learned and really nerded out on is on squirting and female ejaculation and i gotten so good i became that guy at a sex party and then a party organizer asked me to teach a class and i was like no fucking way because i was still really shy but yeah. i was on this beautiful uh, manhattan penthouse hotel and there was like 15 couples there and i was just like oh i don't mind skillshare and just do a class i taught <laughs> fitness for a really long time and then I did sort of my teaching structure is I do a TED talk like lecture, and then I do a demo where I show them like how the dish is made. Then I have everybody practice like uh, aqua yoga class. And I couldn't believe my eyes in, in that hotel room, like 15 non-squirt to learn how to squirt the first time simultaneously. Like I'm having like a Bellagio fountain show <laughs> at a penthouse. And I was like, this is so much easier than teaching fitness Because fitness takes a really long time to see results. Yeah. Right. But sex is like, if you just calibrate it right, then it's magic. So so then I just got really hooked. And not everything takes like is an instant, but sometimes people are just like two millimeter away from from having a life-changing experience. So in that process
0: of like, you know, finding your finding your footing in this world of of teaching. Um, and like, and, and, you know, like you, like you put it like Skillshare, um, for, for large groups of people before you got to that, when you were, when you were, you know, when you were saying that you were like, like bearing your head and, and kind of nerding out on, on squirting and things like that, where were you, where were you getting your, where were you getting your, your education, your information, you know, was it, was it specific sexual educators? Was it like, was it just the, you know, the vastness of the internet? Was it. One particular person
4: that you knew, like any mentors.
0: Yeah,
5: where were you getting your information? Um, So first thing is it was started in the sex party community. So that's where I get the evidence based learning in some way. Like at least in anecdotally, I could watch it happen live. That I know that is not (laughs) like do it's not a TV cooking show. So, and I get, I get a lot more, my data set becomes larger because I see real people doing it. And I was such a nerd that I would go up to people, go like, how did you do that? What did that feel like? And, and, and really research it and being that surprising and people would love to tell you why they're good in bed. So,
4: oh
1: yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah. So that was, that, that was an interesting experience. So that's the first part. And then basically bury my nose in all the research paper and books that I could get my hands on just like the fitness industry back in the day. Um, so, so and then do that research process. I met Dr. Jana, who was a sex researcher, and then I got more access to the scientific community. And then I met more people in the sex positive community, like tantra teacher, kingster. So, and then I had a mentor. Her name is Pamela Madison. She runs the Back to the Body retreat, where there's usually eight to twenty-four women who goes on this retreat, and then you have male sex educator and practitioner. So I got, I don't know, my, my data, the only thing that I'm a size queen on is my data set. So I probably have <laughs> like any any human should ever get their hands on probably thousands of experience that I have personally and mm. also witnessed and taught so many people. So I have a unique perspective on like how are people actually different? What varies, and how do you figure it out from this person to that person? And when I work for Pamela, it's hands on. So I would do uh, uh, wherever, which, whichever country allows, like touch to happen over uh, 90 minute session. And sometimes I do four to five a day over a seven to eight day retreat. So I went on this like Navy SEAL Hell Week <laughs> kind of boot camp for, <laughs> for five, six years. And figure out people from flying around the world with different backgrounds and different challenges or different preference. Like, so then I just I love it too. I'm really passionate about it. So it's also fun. It's like fitness is not as fun. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Oh,
5: really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun, (laughs) but not the same way. Yeah, it it doesn't have immediacy. Yeah.
0: Did Did you like? And I I hope this this question doesn't come across the wrong way. But I am I am kind of curious to know like. As as the guy who who is going around teaching people about squirting, teaching like teaching women how to squirt or how to how to like unlock the ability to squirt. Did you ever get any pushback from folks like, as being a man in that position teaching that kind of thing for women?
5: Yeah, I, I joke around all the time that I make a living uh, mansplaining female pleasure, <laughs> but. <laughs> uh, I actually partnered up with Dr. Jana with uh the world largest scientific uh survey on squirting, where our goal is to both uh uh we move the stigma that some people experience from squirting and yeah. also not over glorifying it, like the party trick. So I do not like, personally, I have talked about squirting. I have just did a vice episode on squirting. I just saw it. I'm, yeah. yeah. I'm the first person to tell you, this is not the aim or the end goal. A lot of people associate like seeing fluid coming out as the most <laughs> pleasurable experience someone could have. And that's the, definitely not true, but it is for some people. Mm-hmm. So my goal is to share the information and in the diverse a perspective on this sexual phenomenon that some people really enjoy and some people get really grossed out by it so you get such a range mm. um and i i love to like i love to learn more i wish they spend as much uh effort and and money on sex research but it's not like fitness fitness makes more money in some way right yeah, you get yeah. athletes and you get the whole fitness industry sex, sex is smaller could make-
4: it could make that much, how could it not make that much money? Like sex sells, we know that. I Like I, I just was like listening to you talk about the research that you've accumulated through, you know, anecdotal and like other than like masters in sex where you have like controlled environments yeah, yeah. and like popul- control populations and stuff like that. Like we 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 want that research. We want it. Yeah. We want to participate in it. We want the outcomes from it. It just seems like I hear what you're saying, that there's more money in the athletic, but that's just that's got to be just because sex is taboo for some people. Yeah. It's like it's it's got to be just, if not more relevant to the greater population than sports fitness. It, wouldn't you think? Yeah,
5: it really depends on what they try to research to you know, like what problem is it solving? You know, they've been trying mm, to create the right. female Viagra for a really long time, so there's definitely a big pharmaceutical market. And then sex toy development always been a thing as well. Like those are the two biggest, like, um, and besides porn, um, so those are the big three. And I'd see more money pouring in. So the landscape has changed quite a bit. But I, I also love that it's still a young, not young industry. It's been for a long time, but it's, 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 it's so much potential so i want to be Mm. part of that movement yeah
4: and the Mm -hmm. big three that you mentioned it's interesting people need to pay money to have any of those three but to get their partner off with you know with some extra squirting aside from the workshop you might have to take to learn how to do it in the first place (laughs) then it's you can do it whenever you want no cost to the consumer whatsoever so um, i guess that makes sense in terms of yeah why the money would be funneled that way.
0: We, I, I also want to say for for folks, you know, we, we've we've dropped Dr. Jana's name a couple of times now. For folks who don't know, we had her on the podcast. Uh, it was episode 225. Highly suggest you go back and listen to it. It was a good one. Because she is, uh, she's a wealth of knowledge. And re- how did you, how did you two meet? How did, how did the two of you kind of get connected in, uh, in this world?
5: Uh, she is part of uh, the sex positive community in New York and the Burning Man community. And we just became such a good friends. and, and, She is have profoundly changed my own understanding of how sex research is done, how to read the data, how to make how to turn that data into utility, because in the fitness industry, when you studying like how many repetition does it take for muscle to grow, right? And actually, the range is really broad, but like, how do you turn that back into like a program that people could follow? Mm-hmm. So I have their knowledge on how to turn the information into program, but I didn't know how to access the information. I know how to read it correctly. So to be able to partner with her and work with her to get the understanding and able to develop protocol to test it, because it's still like like even any uh, fitness study, they tell you the average. So certain people in this study might did like five sets and some people did 10 set and they just mm. tell you the average so you still have to learn how to read it as in like it doesn't mean that everybody should last when they say how long people should last like four to nine minutes or whatever but mm. they also have to understand that it's not how it plays out even for x number or participant so so from my fitness background i could really coach my client more effectively to to understand like what they consider a range and normal. And that's only from one study. But what it really matters is it's pleasurable to you. But we, we know enough that we could help you figure it out. I think mm-hmm. that's what I, I really appreciate about both using the science and, and work with an individual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: How much of your work um, is is hands-on technical? And how much of your work do you have to work with people like psychologically, if that makes sense?
5: Well, I really think their sexual being, a, a sex life, is a holistic, is made up of so many different part, right? So, I although I'm famous in teaching the technique, but I really go over their entire, the entire experience. So, like Emma, Emily Legowski, uh with um, "Come as You Are" talks about the excitatory and the, the gas and the break like the dual control system, right? And that is so important for the average pro to understand that in order for arousal to happen, she has to feel safe enough and relax enough in order for arousal to happen. And it's not like you can't, you can't even get turned on without turning off the brakes. And then I went deeper into the research with Dr. James Faust is the one who was like part of the research team that studied the dual control model in the brain. So I went deep on the neuroscience and he actually wrote the foreword in my book and when I talk to him about understanding deeper on how those systems work, it, it's fascinating because I realize why the Tantra master created some of the technique is still managing those two, like, two parts of our nervous system. They just have different language for it. So right. I, I, I see the technique side. I see how to get your, your brain in the optimal state. So it's similar to taking psychedelic in some way, like you go to get into a, a trans-like experience. So you want set and setting to be correct. And in and sex, is like the same set and setting still needs to happen in a certain way. And it has to have a a, a rousing narrative that turns you on and their sensation has to be pleasurable and building. So, so if I put all those things together at the same time, do different sex hacks, then it's magic. But it it also gives me a system to identify what's not working, you know? Yeah.
4: Wow. That sounds so friggin' fascinating. I can't even imagine the hacking into like the research that you're talking about, making sense of how to understanding it, designing a program that's applicable to people and then trying it out. Like what's trying a new ta- seminar out? How often are you trying out new material? I guess is my question.
5: Well, I, um, I I just if I'm creating this book to my video course, I have over close to eighty videos now, of different techniques, like twelve hours of content, and I'm talking about the techniques that sometime like five to ten minutes. I'm like showing clips, right, on like how to use the technique, understand it. So I'm, but I'm, I'm a super nerd. So I'm like learning new stuff all the time. And like my the content I haven't released at on squirting is that I was like I have so many people email me like, but I want to teach myself how to do it. And I'm like have this challenge of how do I male splain female pleasure and teaching someone who owns a vagina do it to, <laughs> to herself. And I, I figured it out. Like this is the most reliable way to teach yourself because the the science is the same, right? right. So mm. so uh, and how to learn it so and this i'm releasing soon and then some some anal stimulation to squirting like how does it happen why does it happen and i don't have definitive answer but i go like here's a couple of most reliable thing if that's what you into as a as a sexual experience mm. is that all in the book uh there yeah the anal and squirting is all in the book uh <laughs> and the course cover all those things so i made the course a little bit different than most sex edu- like sex ed content because because I came from the fitness background, it's not as useful to, like I do it show and tell style. So I will like do it, demo it. And then Mm -hmm. I show you real world footage when I'm showing you how that technique is applied in regular, like Mm -hmm. in a regular sex experience. So it's it's showing like a Steph Curry jump shot when he's in practice is breaking down the move (laughs) and then see him win the championship with that same jump shot. So I think both, both scenario is really important and I'm into the how do people acquire a new skill so that the whole learning process is also very interesting.
0: Turn Me On podcast. We'll be back after this
5: short break. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down.
3: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince slash style to get free shipping and three hundred and sixty five day returns on your next order. Quince slash style. So oh, the it's... the
0: book uh, the book is called Beyond Satisfied: A Sex yeah. Hacker's Guide to Endless Orgasms, Mind Blowing Connection, and Lasting Confidence. Um, and the the videos are. Are the videos available on the on your website like after you get the book or like how, how do the videos work? Where, or, or are they all, all kind of housed somewhere specifically?
5: Uh so I have so the book has has an audio book which has extra interview like in Kerner. So the, the book covers everything. Yeah. And also because I'm such a nerd uh, like all the books has a bunch of diagram with QR codes in it. Oh, the QR
0: codes in the books, fuck yeah, that's and, amazing. And the QR code, the QR code leads, leads
5: to, to a, a a a a gif animation on like how I'm moving exactly oh, and wow. where I'm touching, and then they start x-ray vision like you could see inside and then how it how you see it in real like you know when you apply it because i can't show that on camera when i'm filming (laughs) so i really like i'm really teaching like a personal trainer this is the insertion point of the muscle this is how i contract and wow so i go on that level and then the video the video course beyond satisfy pro Basically, is you see it in a video format, and what I'm teaching, but more in depth, and and you see it in a video format and drills. Okay, okay. It's so like, the video, this is how the, you practice.
0: Got it. Okay, so the video, the video, the the video aspect is a is a separate sort of like course that you can yeah. that you can subscribe to. Cool. And are the videos yeah. similar to the videos that you've released on on Pornhub? I, I actually am just realizing in this conversation that I've watched a couple of your Pornhub videos already. <laughs> there was there was like one specific uh, uh, it was one specific video on like clit stimulation that I watched maybe about a year ago and, uh, and I'm, and it's, it's all coming back to me now. So it's like, I'm just like, all right. Is it the similar type of style of video? Okay, cool. Sweet.
5: Yeah. That was made with like, when we were, like, when I was like debating if I should turn this to a career, because I have a pretty successful fitness career before this. Right. I was like, do I really want to do this for a living? And then And then my friend, a sex journalist friend of mine, I was like part of the sex party, sex positive community. He's like, why don't you just like release your best stuff on point up and see what happens? And then it just blew up. And that was like amateur style where we like shot with a handheld camcorder to see if people respond well to this like personal trainer style of sex ed. And then it kind of, that's how this whole career was born out of that. And And it's taught in a really how I think how sex that should be taught because absolutely that is, yeah. yeah
0: yeah yeah I mean you're seeing it happen right then and there it's you know it's it's not censored it's graphic but it's also being taught in a really like um digestible way it's being taught like and it's it's you know it's it's self-aware it's serious it's like we're this is what we're doing but like I'm literally going to show you what we're doing it's I think it's fucking fantastic I think it's wonderful yeah
5: thank I, you yeah I, I, I,
0: I am I I I I kind of hate to ask you this because I'm sure it's the thing that you get asked every single time you ever do an interview, ever. But I do want to. There's a few questions about squirting that I have that I would love <laughs> to kind of dive into. Um, so the first one is in your in your in your mind in your opinion, do you think that um, everybody can squirt? Everybody with everybody uh, with with a vagina. Do you think that they are able to squirt, or is it? Or is it something? Is it is it only something that you know a certain portion of the population can do?
5: Well, that's a tough question. It depends on the definition of squirting. Like what you see on porn, when you see a a substantial amount of fluid, like fountain show level, yeah. that fluid is definitely coming from your bladder. So when we're talking about vulvas, vagina, urethral sponge on on female body. Is the hypothesis and what we learned so far is that even if you just pee right before sex, doing sexual stimulation, at least my hypothesis for now, and I want to do more research on it, is that the bladder fills up much quicker because we want total engorgement in the genital region.
1: Mm. But
5: the urethral sponge also swells up to prevent liquid from coming out. Right so I am sure you had a hard-on one time in your life and you want to pee, you could override that, that, uh, that mechanism.
0: Yes, right.
5: right. So most people with a penis would agree that they have learned how to pee while they have a hard-on. So there is a mechanism that prevents liquid from coming out but we could override it. So ah. they're learning how to override that mechanism is actually quite simple if they know what, you know, what button to press and how to, how to move their body. Now, is it, so for so some people it's involuntary, that happens involuntarily while they're having strong uh, mm. vaginal contraction. Mm-hmm. For some people it could be intentional. So, so, and also for some people it's extremely pleasurable and for some people it's an annoyance. Right. So can everyone squirt, so as long as you technically you could pee, right? So liquid could come out of your bladder and you could get sexually aroused and you have enough liquid in you, yes. Do okay. you need to do it? No. Do you will you necessarily find this the hottest, sexiest thing? Maybe not. Right. And and but there's also two types of uh, ejaculate that comes out. So one is from the bladder. It's the more. It's mostly water. It has other prostate-like fluids. But there is like a milky white substance that is in the urofuge sponge. So sort of like a female prostate. I hate comparing that sure. way. But there's like a milky white substance that do come out from the skin's gland, which is like little, little, little openings near the urethra that could also come out while you squirt. So it depends on how much of those fluid gets built up. But they did another study that not every not every female would have the same amount of glands as in that milky white substance. So it's sort of like I I don't know, I don't know, I don't know enough. uh medical information or history but they also there's not that many study but to me that's sort of irrelevant like is it pleasurable how do you how do you override that system um and so mostly yes but i also don't like putting a function pressure on everybody it's like if you can't squirt and you don't like squirting then it's something wrong with you it's like most people will live a perfectly happy life not learning how to do a backflip a a backflip but you could
0: yeah, yeah, right. I, I mean, I think that's a gr- I think that 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 is one of the best sort of descriptions of a what squirting is and like people's ability to squirt that I've ever heard. Uh, and, and I feel like we've heard quite a few of those over the years. Um, my second question, which which you kind you might have sort of answered there, but is squirting technically an orgasm or are or are they are they mutually
5: exclusive? But some people they will have orgasms simultaneously while th- there's liquid coming out, mm-hmm. um, and that is and we are currently analyzing our our research and I I could I could look it up but it's not it's like fifty ish percent last time I looked so it's not always some people like the experience without the subjective experience of orgasm and then also the idea of having orgasm is subjective to like there there, there's not a a consensus on a definition some people are saying is a a phenomenon that happens in the brain some people is like a rhythmic contraction that happened for female orgasm to happen so it really depends that some people could feel like they're having an orgasm in their brain but they're not necessarily having the same physiological contraction so for example if someone is paralyzed from the neck down, they could train themselves to have an orgasm by touching their earlobe. And then there. it depends on like, they might have no erection, no contraction, or mm-hmm. not as strong of a contraction, but mm-hmm. the subjective experience is still similar. Mm-hmm. And I think one, not going, being too nerdy from Dr. James Files, if there's prolactin release in the brain is a good sign that orgasm did happen but it's definitely not necessary more fluid like stronger the orgasm definitely right, not true right right okay
4: just anecdotally the first time and like that i learned about squirting was with the first guy that i ever started having sex with and and i remember very specifically i remember the room we were in i remember that i was on top i remember it was not the first time it had been happening but like i'm on top and there's Like my insides of my thighs are wet. There's a pool forming underneath him. And I'm like, I just don't know what's happening. I think I said to him, I was like probably 22 years old. I have no idea what's happening. He goes, oh, you haven't. I think he said something like they didn't teach you about this or like you didn't learn about this. (laughs) And I was like, I learned about this, but I thought it was supposed to feel pleasurable like I thought it was supposed to be like if you're squirting you're having an orgasm like that's what I thought was was what it was and it wasn't that it felt annoying and it wasn't that it was voluntary because it was just happening and honestly to be I don't know if it's happened it may have happened with us a couple times I don't really remember but I don't know if it was the shape the size of his penis and the location and the direction of this, like it, my let, let me ask this. It,
0: would, you, would you have known it happened if you weren't so, if, if, if the bed wasn't soaked? Do you know what I mean? Like, can you tell when it, when it's happening? You when going it's like, happening, oh, it's I'm happening. like,
4: there's a lot of liquid here. Right. It's a, an astounding amount of liquid, but, take, but it's not but like take the Sorry, take the liquid,
0: take the liquid away. Okay. Is then, there any sort of physical sensation whatsoever? The to- physical
4: sensation, it's weird that I'm going to say this, is not unlike having a urinary tract infection, except without the pain. It's like this deep like a tickle. pressure. No, it's a pressure. It's oh, okay. like a down. <laughs> I don't know. You, I guess
0: I don't know what a urinary no, tract infection
4: <laughs> feels like. It's like a deep, low pressure, <laughs> but like that, you know, I. Right. I, okay. And that was my education. Interesting. In okay. Interesting. At the time. Okay, and, and people—that's extremely and that's, common
5: too. Like, okay. like people who who did not like they realize, oh, why is everything so? What happens quite often? I think the distinction I want to make about that is there's a difference between the vout opening versus the contraction that occur mm-hmm. that might squeeze some stuff out while the vowel is open. So, yeah. if you're having very strong vaginal contraction from orgasming. And then the byproduct is the valve open, then you're linking those two experiences together. But the okay. valve could open with the same amount of pressure without you having their their orgasmic contraction. So okay. some people they link together, some people that switch after birth, they give birth. And and we don't that's why we're doing this research. We don't know exactly how it works. We know different people have different experiences. I do. The and, baby yeah. hits the
4: on switch on the way out. It's like yeah, now yeah. you now you can squirt. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, 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 I just wanted that baby like light switch.
0: I I do one one other question that I had about squirting like a technicality is um when it comes to the the process of of bringing someone to 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 the to the uh ab- like to the ability to squirt is it does it require specific internal stimulation or is it specific external stimulation or is it specifically both.
5: I think the most reliable technique that I know from <laughs> inducing the first squirting experience is G-spot stimulation or internal stimulation works better. However, is a pretty even split on how people squirt, like what type of what type of uh, stimulation they usually do. So, uh, external is as popular as internal. What most people think is only a G-spot phenomenon, but it's not. It's sort of a neural conditioning, like a certain pattern of like contraction that occur, like after you condition that for a while. Mm -hmm. The other thing is that it requires a state of um, completely surrendering, letting go, and not trying to control, like uh, uh, manage it. a function like if you it's like trying to make yourself sleepy you can't right so it's like this like you are letting go to let the body run the show and then when you're Mm -hmm. able to surrender enough that you're not interfering with what your body wants to do then it kind of happens quite naturally or you could also override it so for example if i randomly just come do their tv screen and poke you between your eyes you will blink right Mm -hmm. you didn't consciously think about blinking but it's a reflex. So there's a way to override those reflexes, yeah. But it it it, to me at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter which method you squirt or you like it or not, or you have an orgasm or not. It's something for an individual to discover rather their own preference. But I love teaching. Here's all the most reliable method. Here's how you could teach yourself. Here is how you could have. It's like teaching people how to have good anal sex. Like this is all the prep work that probably makes this more pleasurable. And in the condition that you might like it. So if you want to have this type of sex, here's all the things that you could do to prop, you know, to make this great. You you know? Yeah. Right.
0: Right. And, and and like you may have, you may have pretty much answered that in that answer there, but like, what about, what about like the differences in, in anatomy uh, in people with vaginas? So like, I know that, you know, like some people have like, like very much like hooded clitorises, whereas some people have exposed clitorises or some people have, you know, like, so like the, 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 the the general makeup of their anatomy of the vagina, of the vulva, of the clit, like, does that have any kind of play into the, you know, the techniques that you, you typically use or teach?
5: There's no, there's no hundred percent like causality when it comes to like, if you have a longer hood, it always mean this. However, I would say more than the physical appearance of your genital, there is something that I call pleasure wiring. It really depends on how your nerve lays out on your genital. Mm
0: -hmm. Like
5: why would someone prefer like a one o'clock on your clit versus like, I just want the top of my, my hood, you know, on a little bit to the left and near my pubic bone is my money spot. It really depends on what, like where the dorsal nerve lies and able to send that signal to your brain. So am I touching the, the, the sensory organ that is closest to the nerve so that nerve signal could travel to my brain is more important than right. physical attribute? And then there's also a, something called sensory threshold is a neuroscience term of how much sensation in order for you to register something. So like your room could be pitch black, like zero light. Like how much light can you first detect something? Mm-hmm. So there's a threshold on that, and some people's threshold on how much stimulation they need in order for they even to register it, it might be a higher uh, uh, set point. Mm-hmm. So, so when it comes to internal sensation, and and please cut me, uh, please slow me down if I'm going hyper nerdy. Yeah, That's
0: great. That's great.
5: Yeah, but there's two types of general nerves. Uh, one is somatic nerves. Somatic nerves is like the nerves on your lips, on your fingertip. They're very localized. They're very immediate. They're very detailed. So if I'm trying to tickle like your back, you can tell me exactly where I'm touching, but if I'm touching your lip, you could tell me exactly where I'm touching on your lips. Mm-hmm. And then there is other nerve fiber, like the internal sensation that most people feel and, and they cross over. So they could be you know a percentage depending on the layout, but just say the deeper cervical G-spot sensation, the visceral nerve is more where your emotions and you feel the sense of pressure, the full body orgasm nerves, right? Mm-hmm. Your vagus nerve, your hypogastric nerve. And what it requires is the amount of pressure. So what most people, if you see in porn where they're just finger jabbing you, it won't produce the right amount of sensation. So if you're applying the right amount of pressure in a rhythmic, in the right rhythm, and the right consistency, then those nerves, you know, uh, uh, Will come alive and, and interview super aroused, then magic could happen. Right. Ooh. But most people are not producing enough pressure to meet their sensory threshold requirement and also not consistent enough in the right rhythm and arouse enough. So I love like calibrating all those things where when you just calibrate it right, then it's magic. It's like salting your food. You just want, you know, season it correctly, the presentation, the environment, so you could do all of them but then as an epic meal. Right.
1: Right.
4: I, I'm wondering, Jeremy kind of asked about whether you ever got any flack for being an um a male teacher in this space, but I, I'm also wondering um has you have you ever gotten flack for like being too orgasm centric or being too like finish line centric when, when it comes to those things?
5: I think we're also in the industry that I think I would never win, like, like, like the purity contest. Like I, you know, (laughs) (laughs) like some like I would always say something that like people don't agree with or like. I think my personal philosophy is always open to learning and to be wrong. And I would love to learn and discuss things. And my view would change throughout my lifetime. But as far as uh, 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 male explaining female pleasure, I think it's actually really important for a straight man to teach another straight man on how to pleasure women in a straight hetero mm-hmm. context because you don't have the equipment. So I have to teach you when you cannot relate, and I'm in the same, I'm in the same position as you, and to teach you in that lens is important. I would never teach queer sex in a way that is is authentic and effective because I don't have that experience. So I really trying to stay in my lane and this is my expertise, right? But is anyone who have a, a female uh, have a female body, you could relate to those principles, But there's also it's a, such a spectrum for a lot of different people. However, I think the science is the science that has no they, like the science don't care. You know what I mean? Like it is what it is. So. So, I love teaching the science, and i don't and also like it's a weird it's a weird job to begin with. I'm an Asian man teaching sex in America, like the mm-hmm. least likely mm-hmm. of of all people so so if it's not that it's another thing and but anyway i i i i i just so fortunate and lucky to able to make a living doing what I'm absolutely passionate about. So and it comes with criticism, and I'm okay with it. Mm -hmm.
4: That's an incredible answer. And I'm so into this conversation more than I even thought I was excited already. And so I'm studying massage therapy. So a lot of the things that you've talked about with the nerve, with like the nerve, and you mentioned the vagus nerve, and I'm really interested in you know, we just brush over that so quickly in a two-year program in massage therapy. And, you know, sometimes I, I struggle because we have, we've been doing this podcast for six years and we're talking about sex with people. And now I'm in massage therapy school and there's, you know, there's like professional integrity and like how our teachers and the industry, the massage industry around me wants wants to be portrayed as this, we belong in healthcare and we belong in, in, you know, rehabilitation and all this kind of stuff. And I'm, I really, I feel like I hold this bit of a dichotomy. I know they're related massage and, and pleasure, but like trying to maintain a, you know, an uphold the professional side of the industry as it's here. And then wanting also to like, we have a, we have a an audience of listeners and and we know how important human touch is for our mental health and well-being and we know how much even in like monogamous relationships touch can be lacking and it's like how can i what advice would you give to someone who you know like yourself we both come we both teach yoga we've been yoga teachers for 10 years 15 years now moving into this industry where presumably the public doesn't want me let's say to mix these industries but i see how they go together and i'm not talking about like i'm going to go out and give happy endings but like ha- what what would you say to someone who's involved in two industries that maybe one of them is not as open to the sexual benefits or the pleasurable benefits in that relational way
5: mm-hmm. Is it's really tricky because I work with a lot of sex therapists too. Obviously, they have a another professional guideline that they can't really go into graphic or too detail or show anything. Yeah. So I've been working really heavily with a bunch of sex therapists trying to fulfill that role. Like just say if two couples having a relationship issue, right? That causes affects their sex life. But fundamentally, their partner is not really know either know what you want or the guy don't know how to touch. Like it's a tricky, it's a tricky subject. So I'd be able to fulfill that gap. So but I (coughs) sorry. I do understand that why they have those professional guidelines because you want to prevent people from abusing their their role. So and I'm not I'm not sure if (coughs) their the US policy or different governing body policy, I think is the safest path possible, you know, like I forgot when ABC or NBC, no, no eye contact or no hugging at work. Like we tend to reduce, you know, we want to have policy that is the safest possible. So no one gets in trouble. However, like when it comes to what you talk about touch, the quality of touch, one of like one of the ingredients that makes sexual arousal happen is that you in your parasympathetic state. So in order to activate the vagus nerve and Also, feel your emotion is a big part of those internal sensation. So when you get someone to truly relax in their body, they're not anxious anymore. Sexual, You're priming them for sexual arousal. It is pretty tricky. Even though their intent is for therapeutic uh, purposes, you still could get quite aroused because you're in the right state. Mm. Yeah.
4: I wonder if there's a way, and this is just wondering out loud, but there are some people... You, like you we were talking about earlier where you need to sort of get into the mindset right to be mm-hmm. prepared for pleasure if there's some place that that therapists have in helping the person prime their system for that kind of interaction where they're not involved in it I imagine you do a certain amount of this where they're not involved in the actual physical stimulation but you send your you send your client or your patient out in to the world back home, a little more receptive.
5: Mm. It, but the trickiest part about sex ed and all this stuff from my own experience is that you could educate people so they're more informed. But if they don't know what to do with the information in that context, yeah. then it's pretty useless. So I'm more like I want to get an athlete to be able to perform in the game, not to understand the game only. Right. Like, I mean, it's like I could nerd out about sex all the time, but imagine like I can't do it in real life. That would be terrible. Mm. So Mm. most people don't really care about being book smart when it comes to sex. They just want to be able to have the experience. So that's why I focus so much on literally how do you experience it? They're looking for transformation, not information. So Mm. so it's it's different. And how to apply it is where the magic is and is to practice, is to like... I have this concept called play lab where in two couple of get to try things with a lower stake setting, right? Like this is how you actually calibrate and spend more time talking, but you don't have to do this stuff every time. You just have to learn it one time when you do a little bit more communication up front. So each time that you want to try something, create a lab environment for a little bit and then start incorporating, You you pass that learning curve. Mm-hmm. So you have different rules at different time. Just like open relationship, I think I always joke like if I go to write a book, I gotta copy Tim Ferriss and write four hour monogamy because <laughs> sometimes it's nice to have monogamy rules for four hours, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean you, you raise yeah. a good point though.
0: I mean, like I, you know, I, I'm a massive fan of of the UFC and a massive fan of mixed martial arts and jujitsu. And I watch that shit all the fucking time. And I can tell you every single move that they're making on each other. And I can call out what they're going to do next. But You put me in the octagon, I'm fucked. I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea what, I don't. I have no idea how to pull off those maneuvers. I don't know how to, you know, manipulate my body so that I can do what it is that they do. I would have to practice. I would have to try that. I have to, I'd have to physically feel that out in my own body. Um, and, and it's much different than just seeing the information and, and, and having an idea of what you're seeing. It's uh, you, you. You make a really, really good point there. Um, and again, I think this is why it's so like it's so perfect that you come from this background that is so, so you know, tapped into like physical the physical attributes, the physical requirements when it comes to fitness. It really does translate so well over to the world of of sex and sexuality.
5: I wrote like if you ever dig into the book i wrote a whole chapter on why fighters are good in sex like fighters specifically because it's about controlling your sympathetic arousal like you cannot be too aroused and you cannot be too relaxed it's like this magic balance of this two state where you could still think without thinking and and because you have drilled those movement in like a million times but balancing that uh the sympathetic to parasympathetic nervous system is how people have figure out how to have extended and 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 rolling orgasm one after the other they could yeah. maintain that state so you could be really feeling super excited and relaxed enough so and you in a, if you want to be a good fighter you can't like you have to manage your arousal so it's yeah. all arousal management mm-hmm. it's yeah, fascinating absolutely. and yeah, yeah.
4: I know we're coming up on time, but I just I just have one question because we haven't spoken to a sex educator who's also Korean. And I'm really curious about, like, how does this like how does this mesh with your culture, like your upbringing? You went from really shy and here you are today, like what, how, what are the how what's the crossover of those two worlds like in yeah I, I
5: was born in hong kong so uh both of my parents are chinese and so okay. so coming from a chinese background it's really interesting to tell my mom like I, i'm i my wife has two husbands and we all live together right now so like besides on the poly world but luckily tell, <laughs> I, was, I remember telling my mom my wife is a is a er doctor And I'm not ready to have a kid yet, but Geronimo or her other husbands want to have a kid to come out and tell my mom, hey, you know, I'm in this relationship, but I don't want to have a kid yet. And she wants to have a kid with someone else. We all live together. And I remember she said to me, "It's like, oh my god, you're a freaking whore." She's a doctor. Give her a baby. So those are the big butchel <laughs> <cultural laughs> conversation I always have to have. Give
4: her a baby. That's great. Give
5: her a baby. Not, but, that is yeah. not what I
0: was expecting you to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
5: <laughs> but but mom is actually really cool, and she's like, like you know, after Ooh. that that sort of like classic uh, Hong Kong style burn. Uh, She's like, I know you're not like you don't really want children, so it doesn't make sense to have one if you're not like wholeheartedly invested in it. Mm. And I I, and then she became quite accepting, eventually of all, all this stuff. But as far as my career is concerned, at first she's like, "What the hell are you doing? Like, when did you become like like you move your whole fitness startup life to sex stuff?" And I think like like knock on wood, I think Asian parents are more accepting if you're succeeding in it (laughs) rather than (laughs) if I was dead broke and like barely could pay my rent and live in her basement then it would be a different conversation so thank god I have like created a a career out of it so she's more supportive and then eventually you know I I talked to her I talk to her in a way that I'm not like You know it's not she's it's not like a democratic a democrat talking to their republican parents kind of thing i just talked to her go like it's important for people to understand the science is important for people to learn is to improve people's quality of life and sex is a big part for a lot of people and this is what i strive to do Mm. and she understands that and she it comes across to her so yeah she's been great
4: that's incredible that's great to hear
0: well, Kenneth, I, this has been just such a great conversation. We, we've had so much fun uh, taking time to just pick your brain about everything that you know. Uh, again, folks, the book is Beyond Satisfied, A Sex Hacker's Guide to Endless Orgasms, Mind-Blowing Connection, and Lasting Confidence. Uh, you can get that book now wherever you find good books. Uh, and uh, Kenneth, thank you. How, how can people stay up to date with like the work that you do and,
5: and find find your stuff? Yeah, my ebook, which is uh, 80% off right now on my site for ninety nine. I want to make my content as accessible to people as possible. And then you're not restricted by different territory and country restrictions. So you could, um, like certain online retailer, I can't even do it. You know, I can't even sell to a certain country. I, I have QR codes all over my book and I see people bought it in North Korea, which I have no idea how. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um yeah so i have that and also i have a free training on my website as well because the vice episode came out on squirting i decided to give away their squirting chapter on both my book uh, my ebook and audiobook plus their one video from my course, so people could see how i teach cool. so go download it for free check out the ebook for only two bucks and if you like my work um keep going
4: yeah
0: amazing well thank, thank you, you, so you again. This, this has, has been, been really yeah, fun this has been a real treat
5: yeah, thank you. You guys have great questions. All
0: right, there we have it, folks. Hope you enjoyed that conversation that we just had. And... Uh... Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to support the podcast further, you can do that by leaving a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, or you can simply rate the podcast on the Spotify mobile app. And uh, if you want to uh, support the podcast even further than that, which you can.
4: Wow. You can You're go to so kind and thoughtful and so generous. Thoughtful,
0: so generous. Go to patreon.com slash turn me on. Uh, to become a patron and help us uh, keep this podcast afloat.
4: Well, if you want to reach out to us, at gmail.com is always open for all of your messages. That's the best way to get in touch. If you have a question for us, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, if you have a recommendation for a guest on the show, or if you just want to send us a little love note, uh, email money transfer, uh, all of that.
0: Sex toy.
4: <laughs> you know, we're, we're our email inbox is open to you.
0: That is it for this week. Until next week.
4: Why don't you go touch yourself?